Amen. If you have your Bible with you, go with me to First uh, Chronicles chapter 12. First Chronicles, right there before Second Chronicles. Amen, amen. Praise God. Amen. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be concerned at all about uh, about missing it or about missing out on on something God is is doing or wants to do in our life. We shouldn't get caught up with uh, the idea that because of our you know failures and so forth that we've kind of missed the boat. It's already come and gone, and we forgot to get on. And, uh, and, and it's too late. It's amazing how many, how many people of all different ages that the enemy uses that against, uh, telling them that, well, it's too late for you. <laughs> you know, you had those other opportunities, and, and, uh, and you've missed it. And, and now, you know, you're just not that really important anymore, and, and uh, you've missed out on the major move of, of God, the work of God for your life. I don't believe that's the case. I think, you know... Uh, we shouldn't think that we have unlimited time, uh, but at the same time, we know that that uh, He redeems the time. Yeah, and we know that when even when people turn to the Lord in their latter years, He still will use them in that time. Amen. And uh, and we live in in a very unique time right now. This is uh, uh, it seems to be more apparent to me day by day the uniqueness of our time. And, and certainly you could say, well, that's just because of the world under attack and, and, and all the craziness. And certainly I'm aware of that. And, and, and I know that uh, whenever things get hard in any society through history, Christians think it's the end of the world <laughs> or are at least hoping for it. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> and so I'm aware of that potential temptation, even even in our in our day, where people you know are are dog in 2020 as can't believe we're alive during this year. And uh, I think we should quit that. By the way, start expecting it to be a good year. Amen. Instead of saying can't wait till this year is over. Yeah, but what if next year's worse? How about no matter what's going on, we say the Lord will be magnified in my life, and I believe that God in the midst of whatever is happening, I can still remain in joy. I can still remain uh, with the peace of God in my life. He's going to provide my every need, and he's more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me, right? And we can overcome no matter what comes our way. So before you throw 2020 away, we have some months left. Yeah, how many we got? Five? Five months? How about the best five months of your life? How about we just keep going higher? Say, what if there's another outbreak? It doesn't have to be one in your life. How about you get tested positive for faith? <laughs> how about we run the, the five-minute test and see if you're spirit-filled? <laughs> 
<laughs> Amen. No matter what's going on around us, we've got the joy of the Lord. Come on, that is our strength. We've got the Spirit of God who leads us and guides us and directs us every day. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the, the Scripture says, uh, I think it's uh, uh, maybe 2 Corinthians 8, where it says that uh, now is the accepted time. Is that the right passage? Now is the ex accepted time. Now is the, the day of salvation. You can read it in case I'm not quoting it just exactly right. It's the day of salvation. You know, we live in a unique time in all of human history. And, uh, and I can't fully predict what is going to be in all the future days uh, other than we know there's a thousand-year millennial reign of Christ and so forth. Beyond that, you know, we don't know whatever, everything God has in mind. Uh, but we live in a, in, a, in a day. It's the accepted time. Why is it accepted? Because of what Jesus did for us. It's, it's like Israel's jubilee. When everyone gets their stuff back every 50 years, we live in the accepted time because of Jesus' sacrifice. Um, today is the day of salvation. It's amazing how easy it is to get saved. I mean, I wonder if there will be a day in the future, maybe during the great tribulation or something, but when people will look back and say, remember when it was so easy to get saved? <laughs> you know, remember that during that time period where anyone, they could just, at least in our house, they just had to lift their hand. Right, and they just, and really, that's just a precursor to praying a prayer of faith, and and people are saved in an instant. Happened with you, happened with me. We got saved in an instant. Why? Because of the time we live in, the day, the the age of grace. God's gifts are freely available to every one of us. We can walk with Him. We can talk with Him. If you want to be spiritually advanced or mature or down the road, you can be. I mean, you can pray in tongues for five hours if you want to, <laughs> right? I mean, you can make great advancements. You can call, you can, you can abide in him and his word abide in you and he'll give you whatever you ask. That's the day we live in. It's an accepted time. It's like you get whatever you want. Yeah. But, but, but the fact that the Lord called this a day and he, re, you know, he's the one who invented a day. And anything that's called a day, there's a beginning to it and there's an end to it. It's not just an unlimited. So the thing that we're living in right now is going to come to an end. The day will expire, right? And things won't be the way they are right now. They'll be different. But now it's not, it's not important that I, you know, know everything about the future, it is important that I live in the moment accordingly to, to the time in which I live. All right? The more I can know about the time in which I live, the better. Because I know these are the rules that govern my life. These are the, these are the laws, the principles. This is how I should conduct myself in this time. Amen. Now, did you find that verse? Second, or First Chronicles chapter 12, and in this passage, uh, David was assembling his army, and it was going through, uh, basically so he could take over. But, uh, it was going through saying, hey, from this tribe, you know, the 12 tribes of Israel, this tribe, he got these guys, and these tribe, he got these people. And in the middle of that, verse 32, 
he says, of the, it says, of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were 200, and all their brethren were, uh, were at their command. So it just kind of throws this into the subject matter of him gathering all these people. And of the sons of Issachar, he got this many of the leaders, uh, you know, chiefs from there. But it says something about them that's interesting, that they had understanding of the times, they knew what Israel ought to do. How many know it's good to have those kind of people around? And it's good if you're one of them. Meaning in the new covenant, of course, every believer has the Holy Spirit, and every believer then can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, but there's, there's something of value to know times and know what you ought to do, okay? The fact that a group is identified as being that way indicates that other groups were not. Otherwise, they would say they were like everybody, no, but their uniqueness is they knew what they were supposed to do. They knew what time it was. They seemed to have a clock as far as God's plan. And uh, uh, it doesn't explain why and they had applied themselves and studied and given attention to it. But I think this is, this is important for our day because I really do believe that we're living in a very special time. And, uh, and it's a very unique day. And not only are we in the accepted time that I previously quoted, meaning since Jesus was raised from the dead till we get raptured out as the church, that's that time. But not only that, we're in a very unique moment within that time. And it seems to me more and more as I pray and even as I minister, I seem to get glimpses or I become more aware of a uniqueness of our time. It's like the Lord's putting his finger on, 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 on this and saying it's not just what works. Um, it's, it's not just about the last 2,000 years. It's about right now, right here for us. And I can do the math and I can do some logic and know, yeah, the church has been hit and the government's against, especially in certain states. They're trying to shut down. I mean, the idiot in Cal, I mean, the, <laughs> the person in charge of another state tries to tell Christians they can't sing in church. And, you know, and, and all that stuff is a setup for things to get worse and worse from that standpoint. Okay. And of course, with the with the virus and all that kind of stuff, shutting things down. I know that God will not be denied. I know that this is not going to be the last word. He is coming back for a triumphant spotless bride, not a church that's dragging through. And we're barely going to make it. No, we're coming up with our head up, held up high and our shoulders back, filled with the Spirit of God, washed in the blood of Jesus, living holy lives. Come on, those who seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, this is who we are, and this is who we're going to be in these days. Those who do not want to serve God, those who want to put him in the back seat and have God, a little bit of God in their life when they have time, I think they'll be left behind. Amen. I'm not giving you theology on the rapture right there. I'm just saying I believe they'll, be, they'll miss out on the move of God. I, I believe they'll be left out of some great things. But, but, but if we will seek him, if we will recognize 
and be as smart as those guys were in the Old Testament and say, I'm recognizing something too. Uh, You may not be able to describe it or paint a picture of it, but there's a stirring. There's something God's doing. He's working in me. I seem to be, there seems necessary for me to pray like I didn't pray before. It seems, seems like it's important that I get to get busy in the things of God like never before. And if you have an urgency, if you have a stirring, never ignore it. Never think, oh yeah, that's nice. Oh, I think I heard from God. Isn't that good? No, act on it. Take a step of faith and say, Lord, I recognize that. I see that. I sense you stirring. Ah, show me more, but it seem, seems like you're doing something here. And I noticed times when uh, it certainly happened in different seasons, but it, I don't plan on saying everything I think, but sometimes when I get up here, I thought, stuff starts coming out. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, you know, it seems, it seems to me like getting in the presence of God lately, I want to say it's more, it seems more prophetic. In other words, gifts of revelation start working through me in different ways and in greater ways. And, uh, and, and even in, over the last month or two, every time we've come out for uh, do a Wednesday night service, I've told some of the other pastors, like, I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm totally not worried about it because we're going to step out there and God's going to just show up and he's going to start giving us things. And he does. And it's just, uh, it's comforting and it's, you still have to take a step of faith, but it's like God's voice seems to be getting louder. I don't know if that's that theologically correct. God's voice getting louder. <laughs> what? Magnified the name of the Lord and the voice of God. Remember when Jesus said uh, he was talking to the people in his day, and uh, and really this wasn't a compliment, but he he, he was talking about how they would uh, predict the weather by looking at the sky and so forth. Uh, he said, "But uh, but you don't know, you don't recognize the signs of the times." Okay, in other words, God, <laughs> what Israel had been waiting for for forever was the Messiah, and there he was standing right in the midst of them, and most of them did not recognize him. They didn't know what time it was. They didn't know what in the world was going on. And he seemed to imply, you guys should know what's, what's up right here. You should recognize what's happening. And so because of that potential that the people of God could let some things pass by and not recognize it, it just stirs my heart to say, I don't want to be one of those spiritual bozos who misses everything. You know, or if we go on having church and God came in and came, <laughs> blew in and blew out, and I didn't even notice. Did the lights flicker? You know, what happened? Uh, see, I want to I be sharp spiritually. I know I'm talking to a group that wants to be that way, uh, the committed of the Lord, the faithful to God, and, and we don't all have the same job and the same assignment, but we definitely have the same heart to seek after him. Amen. Amen. I, I know when I was... Uh, growing up as a kid, we lived in in uh, Southern California, and so going to the beach was one of the things I enjoyed. We didn't live right on the beach, but inland a little bit, and and uh, but close enough to go. Uh, we'd go to um, Huntington Beach, and we'd go to Corona del Mar. Those are a couple of the beaches that we would go to as kids. Okay, uh, I know because half of California lives in Idaho now, so I just thought I'd give you some locations so some of you go yeah 
<laughs> I've been there. Uh, <laughs> go home. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I came from there too, okay? It's just a while ago. No, we, we want everyone from California to come here and get saved. Okay, there are Christians in California too. Don't go. <laughs> anyway, we just, uh, as a kid going to the beach, one of the things uh, that I love to do, of course, I was, I've always hated cold water, and that's one of the downsides of the California beaches is the water's freezing. Uh, it's not like the Gulf Coast or getting down there, the water's warm. But the thing that I do like about the California beaches is you have waves. Yeah, it's not just about floating around waiting for the sharks to come <laughs> like they do in Florida. <laughs> uh, but, but it was always about playing in the waves. And I wasn't a surfer per se, but, but boogie boards and, and, you know, just body surfing, that kind of stuff is what we always love to do. And the waves could be very, very powerful. And uh, sometimes they just knock you to the ground and hold you under there until you're this close to death. <laughs> and that happened so many times. I, I was like this close to death you know, totally out of air, and you're just under the record, just shaking around in that white water, you know, underneath there, and then you pop up. <laughs> you go running up the, uh, up the sand, get a sandwich, and then after a little bit, running back out. <laughs> and you put up with the cold water just because of the fun of the waves. So, uh, one of the things that's, uh, that was consistent, that was true about waves was they weren't always on time. They weren't always uniform, right? If you wanted to catch some good waves, sometimes you had to just go out there and wait because there were times when it was slow and you get these little waves and then they don't, they're not much fun. And, and, then, and then when there were larger waves coming in, also that was about timing. It was about you know, timing it right, and you're trying to get in the right place, and then you kick and try to get going. If you get it just right, it's really fun. And, and if you miss it, it goes by you, and it's like, ah, oh, man, that was the one. And so, uh, but, but, but some of the, the fun of being out there in the waves, um, I say the fun, is you're trying to get to the really good stuff, but you just have to be out there sometimes. Sometimes there's a lull, so you're just kind of camp, camping out, just waiting. It's like, and you don't really know. Are any waves even coming? You're trying to predict them. As they, you say, I think the water's rising way out there. I think that might be one. Oh, no, that was nothing. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but if you stay out there long enough, eventually you catch some really good things. All right? I think there are some parallels when it comes to the, 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 the move of God. Some of the ways of God, the moves of his spirit do come in like waves. I mean, he's a constant. He's always with us. But the moving of the spirit is not always 100%. It's not always the great wall of water, right? Things come in. They build. They crest. They crash. They go back out. And, and, and for us to, to be a part of what God is doing, sometimes it does involve waiting, it involves being out there, and I believe in the way. I believe the wave is coming. I'm going to be a part of the wave. I'm going to, you know, be here at the right place at the right time. And 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 sometimes you're out there for a while, and you're wondering where where is that wave? Well, keep waiting. I wonder a little bit about the day of Pentecost. 
Jesus told the disciples to, to wait, go to Jerusalem, tarry or wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, right? And so they went to the upper room and they waited. You know, Penta, Pentecost, Penta 50, 50 days. But I don't know if they knew it was going to come on the day of Pentecost. Because if they were like me, if I knew <laughs> when the promise of the Father was coming, I'd be doing a whole bunch of other stuff and I'd come in on the last day. <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that like a whole, a whole big part of the body of Christ? How many people are? I mean, they're waiting for the wave to come, and then they're going to go out there and get on it. Well, you might have missed it, man. And someone might say, well, you know, because you think about the, when it says there were about 120 in the upper room, uh, well, we know from other scriptures that the Lord appeared to 500 people at once. And so there were not only the 12, you know, there were the the 72, there are different numbers we read about in people who followed the Lord, sometimes great multitudes, but we know he appeared to others. How come there was only 120? Again, I wonder, maybe those people would have said, hey, well, give me a call as soon as he comes. As soon as I start hearing the wind blow, you know, as uh, soon as I see lights flickering in the window up there, up there in the upper room, then I'm coming up there. And those are the ones that missed the first and great mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Maybe they were out there on their, on their, uh, their boogie board for a little while. Maybe they kicked around and said, I don't think any waves are coming. I'm going in to get some food, some strips, <laughs> you know. You know, from Jack's. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go up there and eat. And while they're up there, all of a sudden the waves start rolling in. Ah, they missed it. So there's something about us recognizing I'm in this season. I'm in definitely in the day the Lord has made. I'm definitely in the age of grace. I'm definitely in the time of the outpouring. Okay? But I'm in a season. I'm, I'm endeavoring to recognize seasons in my own life so that the waves come and I'm there when, they, when they're cresting and when they're, they're, they're rolling in, yeah? I'm there when outpourings take place. I'm there seeking the Lord. Isn't it interesting how, how it seems to be that God moves the most when people are actually seeking him? He doesn't just move out in the field somewhere. <laughs> there was a great move of God. Where was it? It's about 50 miles south of here. I mean, no one lives there. I mean, no one was out there. It was just God decided to move there. No, he moves on people. What people? Well, when people are seeking him. When people are in the upper room for 50 days, sitting. The Greek word literally means to sit. When you said wait for the promise of the Father, it means sit down. <laughs> I don't know what they were all doing. People assume they were praying, but they probably weren't praying constantly. But they were there. They were where they were supposed to be. They recognized this is a very unique time. I mean, Jesus was just raised from the dead, and he said something's coming. He said there's something coming. It's the promise of the Father. And he said we shouldn't leave Jerusalem. We should just hang out here and wait for that to happen. 
Amen. And so the times when we get antsy and think, I've got to get, get up. I've got to do something else. I've, I've got things, you know, places to go and people to see. Do you? I mean, do, I mean I'm just asking, do you really? Or, 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 or are we just getting antsy waiting for the next wave? And it's time to seek God's face. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Times. We're in a special time right now, I think. I said, what do you mean you think? I'm just going by inward promptings. A special time and things will open up for us more now. A special time and miraculous things will open up more. I had a prophecy Sunday in third service about some of this. It just caught me totally off guard. All of a sudden, the Lord's speaking. All of a sudden, the Lord's revealing things. And, uh, and I think we're in a good place at a good time. You say, what about all the people that are gone and at home and, and all that kind of stuff? They'll be back. People still have a good heart. And some won't. I mean, that's clear in, in the scriptures that in the last days, some shall depart from the faith. I don't want that to be anyone I know. But, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to work hard and preach hard and love hard and pray hard and, and believe for everyone we know. We should all be that way. But we know there are Christians who, who will jump ship. That's a sad thing. I mean, you hear about it nationally lately, don't you? I mean, you hear about Christian artists and different people who are saying, I'm not sure I'm a Christian anymore. It's like, grr. I mean, you hate to hear that, but it's like, well, you are a fulfillment of prophecy. Just didn't know it would be you. You know, it's like my grandpa used to tell me when he was alive years ago, he, when certain people would come to his door knocking. You know, there's one of those two religions that do that. It was that one. And he would say, he would say, he, he would say to them, oh, you know, I'm glad you're here. I was expecting you. <laughs> and they said, you were? They said, yes, the Lord said there would come false prophets in the last days. <laughs> and so... Anyway, at least he knew what time, what time he was living in. And uh, go to Galatians real quick with me. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, let's see, verse 4. It reads, uh, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Just notice the language, when the fullness of time had come. You might say, well, what does that mean? Well, I, would, I just think this way. Why did Jesus come when he came? It was time. It was time in God's design. It was time by God's, in his ultimate wisdom, to know uh, how the earth would be, how the people's hearts would be. I mean, he is able to do things exactly right at the perfect time. And when the fullness of time came, dun-da-da, that's when Jesus came. Because we could easily wonder, why didn't he come a thousand years earlier? 
Why didn't he come a thousand years earlier before that? Why didn't he come right after they ate of the fruit? You know, and we have all these questions, but we know that God has, uh, he knows what he's doing. And these major events, these major earth uh, shattering events are up to God's time. Okay, now there's some things in your own life. He's not going to make you pray. He's not going to make you obey. There are some things that are on us concerning our own lives. But when it comes to the redemption of mankind, the sending of his son, and even what I believe we're walking into in these, in these last days, uh, I believe those things are up to the perfect timing, timing of God. I don't think we're going to miss it. I don't think, I don't think we're, uh, I don't think God is being caught off guard by anything. He's not sending a virus, but he's not surprised by it. He didn't wake, wake up one day and say, what in the world happened down there? Well, for one, he didn't sleep in the begin, to begin with. But uh, see, he's not caught off guard, and, and, and he's, he's got things set up. And if we're out there kicking around, kicking around on our boogie board, waiting for the, for the next wave, it's like, I'm going to be ready for this. I don't mean we're idle until it comes, but we're ready because there are, there are seasons, there are times in God. And let's, go to, let's look at another verse, First uh, Thessalonians. I believe as we stay walking closely to him and with him, uh, we will not be caught off guard. There's something good about being here right now. There's something good about being in the right place at the right time. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, let's just beginning verse 1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. That's interesting. Well, why not? For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. See, that sounds scary. Verse 4, but you, brethren, include sistren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. So when you, when you hear of a thief in the night and surprise, the Lord's going to all of a sudden, bam, come back. That's not talking about you being caught off guard. That's talking about those who are in darkness. In the world, there's going to be shock. But in the church, no, we're going to say, I knew this was about to happen. He said, you are all sons of light and sons of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. And, and so, um, I, I think what's very likely. Now, I did. Now, I did, I did read this once, and so uh, you know, wherever it came from. But uh, and this, uh, I did read this once from a person who was who had been to heaven and back. And they had died in a car accident, and the Lord showed them tremendous things. But uh, something this person said to me has always stood out for a number of years. And and they said, they said in the 
in the short time, maybe it was days or a couple weeks, I don't recall exactly, uh, before the return, before, the, before the, we, we are caught up to meet the Lord in the air, he said all the believers will know it's about to happen. And I think that sounds just like this. So do you know when it's going to happen? Now I don't, so I'm thinking it's at least more than a few days out. Yeah. But, I, but, but according to this, uh, those who are walking in the light, we are of the light, not of the darkness. You are of the light. Therefore, when this, when this comes, I believe when we get close, we'll know. And I think we're close-ish, but when we're real close, I mean. When we're real close, we'll probably start going, <laughs> you know, the Lord's about to come back. Did I talk about this recently in here? It's all of a sudden ringing bells like maybe I'm saying again. But uh, I, I, I talked about it somewhere. I forget. Uh, but with Elijah and Elisha, and Elijah was raptured. Just like Enoch was raptured, Elijah was raptured. They're pictures of the church. And when Elisha was about to take over the ministry of Elijah and get the double portion, uh, all the other prophets, the you know, lesser prophets, if you will, they would say to Elisha, you know the Lord's taking your master today. Don't you know the Lord's taking your... They all picked it up. Just because they were all in that type of ministry, they weren't on the level of Elijah, but they all knew Elijah's leaving today. Elijah's leaving today. They all knew. Well, in like manner, the church, of uh, the, the body of Christ is filled with the Spirit. When it comes right down to the end, I think, we're, I think it's going to be quite similar. Hey, do you know that tomorrow's our day? Say, if I know that, I'm going to run up my credit card. No, you're not. <laughs> in that moment, I, trust me, you won't. You won't care about that. You won't care about natural things. I mean, you're about to stand, you're about to meet the Lord in the air. And there's like, it seems like it's now. It's just like, this is upon us. This is not 10, not 10 years out anymore. This is not a hundred, this is us. Oh, I tell you, we're gonna be going out with a shout, going out victorious. Probably we'll be uh, evangelizing the last bit as much as possible. Because we'll, we'll, be, we'll know, hey, I mean, there'll be such a great joy in us such a great joy and nothing will be able to tick us off. Amen. Nothing will be able to annoy us. I mean, the great joy of the Lord will be our, our, our portion. And it's like, oh. So I'm not concerned about, about missing that, you know? Uh, it's just in this time for right now, I think we have more than a few weeks left, right? Uh, in this time right now, I believe there are waves coming in. And I want you to look out for them with me. Because some of them are individual to you. Custom made wave. Perfect for your gift. For your life. For your age. For your time. For, perfectly made for you. And as you're sitting in here, the Lord will speak to you at times. And it's when you catch that voice of the Lord. When you pick up the whisper from heaven. Something to you. That's your wave to ride. When he speaks to you, don't stay out there and let it pass you by. Don't go in for food at that moment. When he's moving on you, that's the time to ride that thing. Because everything's easy. Amen.
I was talking to a, another minister, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, and uh, we were discussing another individual uh, concerning the call of God, and this person was endeavoring to, uh, you know, determine, am I, does, am I called to five-fold ministry or called to preach, okay? And, uh, and I was, this was a, the third person. This other individual that I was speaking to, when we were discussing the third person, he said to me, he said, I just, he said, the way I knew, he said, preaching was the only thing I could do without effort. I thought, mm, that's a good way to put that. And he was, he's a gifted person. You would think, he does a lot of things well. He said, when I preach, that's when I'm flowing. <laughs> you know, that's when there's an ease to my life, when I'm preaching. He said, I have to, that has to be what I'm, I'm built for. <laughs> Amen. In other words, he caught the wave. You ever been out in the ocean and the undertow tries to take you the other way and you're fighting against it? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot of work. When we could recognize the, the timing of the Lord, it's you catch that wave and you go. Praise God. Amen. Go, go to Acts chapter 17. You got a few more minutes? This is a little different. I don't like to teach a whole lot on Wednesdays, honestly, but whatever. I want to go with the flow, whatever it is, in any particular night. So uh, we'll do this for now. Um, Acts chapter 17 and, and verse 20, 26. Acts 17, 26. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. I want you to notice, big picture now, God has arranged some times and boundaries. All right? There are a lot of things in our lives that are up to us. I'm not jumping in with the God is in control crowd. Okay, like he's deciding when everyone lives and dies and you get sick and you don't. That is not scriptural. That is religious uh, teaching. That's not biblical. Big picture, though, I would, that's not the case. Big picture, the Lord has determined some things. I mean, try to figure out why you were born right here, right now, you know, during this time. Why am I here now? Why did, was I born, you know, in October, Good month in the October's in the house. Why were we? Why did we benefit like that when everyone else had to be born in other months? It's just not fair to them. <laughs> there are some things, that, but there are boundaries. There are some things the Lord has determined as far as people living in certain localities and being in certain places. And I don't think it, the, the big picture that that we are here by accident. I think there are some things that God has arranged even outside of our knowing that he was, his invisible hand was guiding us. What that can do is give us faith that we're not here by oops. Not just a chance, an accident. You know, the fact that I'm sitting here on a Wednesday night, that's just circumstantial. Just, you know, I just didn't have anything else to do. Nah. Hey, man. There are so many things that you don't realize because you seek after God a little bit, he gets some stuff in you. Amen. 
Monty and Stephanie. Uh, I, I was doing a, a meeting the other night uh, in Caldwell, and uh, and I had this this word. It wasn't a booming. Doo, 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 speak on this great revelation or a deep burning in my soul by any mind, by any means. And, uh, uh, but I just started sharing what was on my heart. And I said, everybody, this was at a, a multi-day meeting. I said, everybody turn to this scripture. Now, when I did, everyone laughs. Kind of like has happened in here when some of our Bible school students pray sometimes before the meeting and then we go a certain direction. They're all going, <laughs> we knew that. <laughs> Because uh, they picked it up in prayer. But I went to this particular uh, passage of Scripture, and everyone laughed. And I'm like, because it was my first and only of the meetings. And I just said, did I say something I was supposed to say? <laughs> and, uh, and come to find out multiple people before me taught or spoke or ministered from the same verse of Scripture. And it's like, so I started analyzing, okay, obviously I caught the right vein there. But to me, it was very subtle. It wasn't some strong leading. It was just, I'm praying, seeking the Lord as to what to say, like I do for her services here, like I've done for tonight. Um, and it's like, hmm, but it seems like this. It seems like this is the way to go. And then you don't realize, but you start walking that out, and it is so much God and I tell you, those things are happening. Say, well, I'm not a preacher. It doesn't just work with preaching. It works with words that come out of our mouth and decisions that we make and, and our prompting to pray and be in a service and be in a prayer meeting or serve it just in a number of different ways or give at a certain time or call someone on the phone that just kind of happens to be there. I mean, how many times has that happened? I mean, I, I, I sent, a, I was on the airplane the other day and I was landing, you know, and as soon as you land, you turn, on your, you turn off your airplane mode, right? Before they say you can. <laughs> anyway, I was text, I, 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 I was text, I'm a pilot that doesn't mess anything up. <laughs> anyway, just do what they say. <laughs> I, I, can I get in trouble? <laughs> anyway, I was texting, and I, I texted a, a, a minister, a very well-known large ministry, okay? And I just, and I said to him, I said to him something. It just kind of came up. I thought, it seemed like I should text him and just say hi. And, and I said a couple things to him. And, and he said, uh, he texted me right back. He said, I was just sitting here on the front row in this meeting thinking about you. And I thought, was, first I thought, well, it's good we're not each thinking about ourselves. <laughs> We're thinking about each other. And uh, I'm just, here, here, here's my point. There are things that are happening in you that are God. It just seems like, well, that's just me. That's just a thought. Listen, we all need to discern what is just us. No, I'm not going to attribute every thought I have to, to God, right? But at the same time, I think you take a chance. Ah, it seems like I should do this. Ah, it just seems like I should pray a little bit. I mean, people's lives have been changed. People's lives have been saved, physically saved from accidents and harm because someone was stirred up and they said, it seems like I should pray for Pastor Wade. I don't know why, I'm just gonna pray for him. 
God needs people like that. He's got the big picture covered, big picture of the boundaries, the times in which we live, and we're good there. We're here, and we are a part of God's design and his plan in the earth. In the middle of that, the, the minutia and the individual happenings in people's lives, God is not determining all of that. We've got to engage. And if you have that prompting, follow it, walk it out, pray it out, speak it out. Amen. You'll save some lives and maybe save your own. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Look at, look at the 16th chapter, just one page before that. Acts 16. And uh, verse, verse 6. 16, 6. Now when they had gone through Pergia, uh, how do you say that? Pergia, 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 okay. Say it in tongues. Pergia. <laughs> and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Doesn't that sound like a strange thing? They go there to preach, and that's what they're called to do. And the, Lord said, and the Holy Spirit said, nope, don't do it there, Stop. Do not preach the word there. Well, why? Well, we can wonder why all day, and maybe he'll tell us, and maybe he'll just say, don't do it. Why? Again, God knows all. He sees all. He knows what's going to happen. It could, you could come under attack. You, people may not be ready. We can figure out, try to figure some of these things out, but sometimes you're going along, and the Lord just says, no. No. Well, I don't understand. No. I mean, have you ever, parents, have you ever had kids? But why? No. But I want to. And, and, and in some situations, they're too young for you to fully explain it to them. And you don't want to have a half hour discussion telling them no at this time. You, you know, later you'll teach them and understand. But in the meantime, no. <laughs> and sometimes the Lord is not, there's not time for him to explain everything and he may not want to. They were just forbidden of the Lord to preach in Asia at that time. Uh, what verse? Verse seven then. Uh, after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the spirit did not permit them. So they tried to go here. He said, no, nope, nope. They tried to go over here. Nope, don't go there either. He sees all and knows all. So passing by Mysia, they came to Troas, and a, and, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So he had this vision, and it wasn't even super clear as far as the Lord saying, go. It was, came in a different way. They said, I'm pretty sure that means we're supposed to go there, and they did. So maybe the Lord said, don't go here, don't go here, because they would have missed out on this guy in Macedonia and those people there that were primed, that were, that were ready, that were prepared to receive the ministry of God. And so sometimes uh, when we say, I don't understand why the Lord's saying no, that's because there's something else that's going to work. This, not going to work for you, but something else is going to work right here, right now. Amen. The, the, the Holy Spirit didn't shut them down because he didn't want them to preach anymore. 
He shut them down because he wanted them to be effective in what they did. And sometimes if we just get our own plans and say, I'm just going to do this whenever I want, however I want, because I've figured it all out, I've mapped it out, and this is what I'm, what I'm going to do in my life, stop. It's not that the Lord says no to everything. He says, Lord, he, says, he says no to what's not right for some reason and yes to what is right because he does have a reason. Amen. What if they had ignored and went to these other places to mass... Uh, uh, Forget the cities now. They went to those other places. What, what, what if they'd have gone there? Never would have had the vision in the night. Never would have seen in the night that guy saying, come over here, because they'd have been out of God's will. What if someone said, I'm running to Taco Bell. I know you guys are all in the upper room waiting for the promise of the Father, but they're having a special. I'm running over there. And while they're gone, the outpouring of the Spirit happens and cloven tongues of fire and they all come out speaking in tongues and the guy's coming out, <laughs> showing up there with his tacos. Well, enjoy your tacos because uh, uh, you missed that. You should have heeded that voice and been where you were supposed to be. See, the, the, the book of Revelation speaks about the, the devil doing some things because he knows his time is short. I think you look across the world, and I know this is true about different seasons in, in history of the world, but you look across the world today and you see lots of demonic things being stirred up. You look in the own, our own government and our own Congress and you see people that are wicked I mean, some of it's shocking what people will say and what they will do. And it's like, how can you say that with a straight face? There, there's inspiration by dark forces. There really is. I believe the devil knows that his time is short. Amen. He's able to read the scriptures. He knows that his time is short, and so things are being stirred up in a negative way. If anything, all we need to be is equal to the task. You know, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And in these days, it's time for us to put our hand to the plow and not turn back and seek after the things of God. Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, let's do this. Father, thank you for working in our lives. Thank you for working in our midst here now.